This is Advice for Life with Lynn, Season 1, Episode 8. Today's issue, how and when to talk to your kids about sex and drugs. What age do you think, in general, are they starting to have sex? I've seen it as young as in middle school. (laughs) (laughs) But remember, Lynn, you have to, you know, there's everything is so out there with social media Mm. and... You know, a click of a button and, you know, it's, it's, I think where they're at is it's a few years ahead of when we were, when we were kids. You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Hi, everyone. With today's topic, you know, I got that song in my head. Let's talk about sex, baby, because that's what we're going to talk about today. Except maybe the song should be, let's talk about sex and drugs with your baby and your tween and your teenager. You know, they can be such difficult topics to talk to your kids about because that's really why I wanted to do this show, because there's so much good stuff here, really two topics. This is actually two episodes. But the idea that sex is difficult to talk about is really kind of warped because in our culture, as you know, sex is everywhere. I'll never forget. I live in Miami and I remember when our kids were like five and six and we were in the car driving by this eye level digital ad with a huge picture of a woman's perfectly large cellulite free mad booty in a thong right there in our face advertising for a Brazilian butt lift. Now, I'm not a prude. I don't think I am. Maybe I am. But I remember gasping and getting so mad that as a parent, sometimes I don't have a choice of what my kids are exposed to. Don't get me wrong. I love good butt. But, you know, and since I've calmed down because my kids are older, but I mean, it starts early. Even in the story of Snow White, you know, she's kissed on the lips by a prince that she doesn't even know. What's up with that? Is that when we should start having the talk with our kids? Or do we wait for them to bring it up? Because not only is sex in commercials and ads and movies in real life, but it's all over the internet. And porn is so accessible, it's scary. I don't need to tell you that. Same with drugs. Nearly every home I've been to has some sort of alcohol, except my parents. Um, Nearly everybody I know drinks, except my parents. Um, I do have one friend from Spain who lets her teenagers drink beer and champagne. It's very customary in other countries for kids, young kids to drink. So is that what we should be doing? But it's not just alcohol. So many kids as young as middle school are being introduced to drugs and sex. Another friend's 12-year-old daughter told her dad that girls at her middle school were walking around with these colored bracelets and the color coordinates to the sex act they've supposedly already engaged in. Like a purple bracelet means you've had oral sex. Red means you've had intercourse. Black means you've had anal sex. God help us. What is with that? By the way, that's about the age that some kids start to say to each other and believe that oral sex isn't really sex. Trying to convince other kids that if you have oral sex, you're still considered a virgin. Which, if a kid is listening, that's a lie. In my personal opinion. So if you're having a panic attack right now, like me, parents, take a deep breath because everything's going to be okay. We're going to go right to the source. We're going to talk with a family therapist, Rachel Lapidus, to find out how we as parents can help our kids have healthy sexual relationships, healthy relationships with themselves, that's first, so they can make good choices when it comes to sex and drugs. 
Do we tell them just don't have sex? Do we give them a box of condoms? Do we tell our own stories of drugs back in the day? Do we give our 14-year-old a glass of champagne? I have not a clue, but we are going to find out. Time for Lynn's Confessions. All right, things I'd like to confess. Number one, I wish I had that Brazilian butt. I have a butt, but it doesn't look anything like the one I saw in that huge digital hat. Number two, I feel like a lousy parent right now because my sex talks with my kids have not been that great. Started when they were five, continued to the tween years, and now I just want to lock the door and throw away the key and unplug the laptop, by the way. Number three, thank God I didn't know how hard parenting would be because I would have kept my legs crossed forever. Background check. Today's guest is Rachel Lapidus. She's a marriage family therapist, and she has a private practice in Miami, Florida. She's a mom with two kids, ages five and six. Um, A lot of her private practice entails working with adolescents and helping them with their self-esteem. She says the number one thing parents don't know about their kids is that their child is already sexually active or their friends are sexually active. God help us. Welcome to the show, Rachel. I'm so glad you're here. Thank Thank you you so much for being here. I'm happy to be here. You know, everybody remembers their own sex talk Mm -hmm. or non-sex talk. Yes. (laughs) My mom says she never even got the sex talk, so that explains a lot. Um, Explains why she had such a great sex talk with me. It was so special. Uh, my sex talk was at the age of 14 when I was dating a senior. And she said, Lynn, sex is bad. It's bad and it hurts. Don't have sex. Don't have sex. Don't have sex. That's it. That was my sex talk. Wasn't that great? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I grew up thinking that my poor mom mm-hmm. must have been tortured three times because there were three girls. Oh, boy. And all that negative nagging, though, did pay off. Here's a positive, because I remember making out with my boyfriend so many times on his beige, velvety seats of his Dodge Charger. <gasps> we're all hot and heavy, and I really wanted to rip my clothes off. But in the base of my brain in the back, is that your cerebellum? I could actually hear my mother's nagging voice, which penetrated my cells. Don't have sex. Don't have sex. Don't have sex. It's bad. It hurts. And I did it. Not until I was 18. Um, and then later I thought, wow, mom's really missing out on some good stuff. <laughs> we never really talked about that. But anyway, so Rachel, when was your sex talk and how did it go? Well, my sex talk was probably also about the age of 14. And I asked my parents, actually, I think I asked my mom and my mom said, go ask your father. And my father was in the medical profession. So his sex talk to me was opening up a book on the female and male anatomy. And we went through it, you know, from a biological perspective. So that was my um, introduction to sex and learning about it. And then after I was done hearing what my dad had to say, I asked him, do you have to go to the hospital to have sex? <laughs> what was so his answer? Was, he said, oh boy, no. <laughs> Although you can. Although you can, that's correct. Did but. you feel satisfied? Like, was that good enough? Um, Penis, vagina, okay. Like, was that, did you, was that good? It was, it was what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and was that it? Was that the... That was pretty much it. And oh, then as okay. I got older and, and, you know, I did ask my mom and my mom, you know, explained it in a little more adolescent way, um, you know. Did she tell you, like, when to have it, when not to have it, any, like, morals and values no, or more not, critical? I, obviously, I grew up in a very, you know, we had high morals and values. Um, but no, there was never an age, but it was when you're in a, you know, a respectful, healthy... 
um, relationship and it's a mutual decision to be safe and, you know, but you have to make sure that you, you know, you really care and love this person. And, and that was, that was, that was my mom's talk. Well, that's pretty good though. Mm -hmm. You know, it's better than it's bad. It hurts. Um, so when should parents start talking to their kids about sex? Well, you know, I don't think there's an exact age that parents have to talk to their children, but I will say it starts at a very young age and you have to strengthen that pathway to have that conversation. So an example, I'll have a lot of parents come into the office and they're with their 14 or 16 year old adolescent and they're like, my kid won't talk to me. Mm-hmm. And then once I start digging and peeling the layers of the onion, so to speak, I realized, well, there was never an open communication between the child and their mm-hmm. parent, that approachable, askable parents so those child feels safe and comfortable talking to you about anything but i think as a child it starts with having healthy healthy boundaries being respectful have personal space um how to dress how to talk to others so i think it's not just about the sex talk i think there's a there's a a long clear pathway leading up to the sex talk so like at i always felt like i couldn't stand it when when somebody would uh, say to their child, I don't know, this never was my case, but like, you know, go give your Uncle Joe a kiss. Go mm-hmm. on, give him a kiss. Like, is that the kind of boundary you're saying? Like, even Absolutely. at six, like, Absolutely. you don't have to kiss anybody. If a child does to. not feel comfortable giving Uncle Joe a hug or a kiss, right. what about, what do you feel comfortable doing? Right. High five, handshake, a fist pound. What, you know, where is that child out? Because you don't want them to feel like they're forced to do the right thing. So that's perfect. So, but at, I bought this great book. Mm-hmm. I'm a big book buyer. So I, I try to be like your dad and, you know, be, <laughs> I like, I'm very comfortable with being clinical because sure. then you don't have to like get into your, sure. your goo, your stuff. It's black or white. Right. Exactly. So I bought <laughs> when they were young, like, let's read about, I don't know, it was A to Z. And I'll never forget. I think I was reading to them when they were like five and six. And my husband was looking over it and we got into like, I think it was masturbation. And he's like, uh, do we really need to keep reading this? Like he was uncomfortable. The kids were fine with it. So like at what age do you start talking about the healthiness of it or like tell parents like this is okay? Mm-hmm. What are the boundaries? Mm-hmm. Look, I don't even know how to like talk about it because I'm still like, oh my God, we're talking about masturbation. But what is your advice on that? And can you draw from a specific client or? Well, I first want to say it's very normal and it's very appropriate whether you're seven months old and discover that you have a penis or a vagina or you're four years old. Um, but to just, you know, again, going back to those healthy boundaries, you know, you, you know, it's okay to do this. It's not a dirt, you know, cause I think a lot of times parents are like, it's dirty. Don't do that. You can't do that. Just knowing when and where to do it. So it's okay to do it when you're in your room and there's no one there and you want to explore and that it's completely normal, it's healthy, it's appropriate. And that really, I think, not to make a bigger deal of it than it needs to be. But when you start having that conversation, I think I started at 12 mm-hmm. and I said, listen, everybody does this. Mm-hmm. Every every adult, I think, sure. every kid does this. And I was really hoping not, no questions were asked. Thank God they weren't. <laughs> um, but that's something you want to do in your room with the door closed mm-hmm. and never with anybody else. Sure. And like, you know, that's your business. And Is I, that okay? Yes. And I think the way you just expressed how you said it, you were very relaxed and it was very nonchalant and it was very okay. You didn't make a big deal out of it. Because I think if you make a big deal out of it as a parent, the child is going to think it's a really big deal and they're going to think, oh, is this wrong? Is it not? This well, that's really how I was stressful. brought up. There's a big deal and you're sure. bad. You're sure. Bad. So you're overcompensating for right, it. Right. Overcompensating. Yeah. So have you ever had a specific time where 
a client came in for this problem, like my kid is masturbating all the time and what a bad kid he is. And I mean, there have been actually a few situations where the child, you know, in early elementary years were, were exploring in the classroom and the, the parent comes in obviously very upset and um, concerned and obviously the teacher is very upset and concerned. So they usually come to me for that. And then you, again, you just normalize it. It's, it's perfectly okay to explore and to see what's, what's, you know, connecting with your body. You want to be connected with your body. You want to know what feels good, what doesn't. I think that's really important talking about the sex talk, you know, mm-hmm. but just so that's knowing. That's the advantage of masturbation, exactly. you could say. There you go. You're figuring out what feels exactly. good. That's why it's okay. Exactly. I'm Still figuring it out, mom. I'm 20. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's and and to kind of almost calm the parents down, validate their concerns, but also validate that it's it's completely okay and it's age appropriate and that, you know, there's just, like I said, there's a time and place to do it. The kid just didn't know he shouldn't do it during spelling. Exactly. Exactly. Just like you teach a child you can't interrupt, you have to raise your hand or walk up to someone and say, excuse me, look at it as the same way. But it is very normal and appropriate at all ages. You're talking about boundaries when they're younger. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the basics when they're younger. Mm-hmm. What age do you start talking about the other stuff? I think around 12, 13 is a good age to start talking about it. And, and how I'm does that sure, talk go? Well, I Pretend think, I'm 13. I think, okay, you're 13 years old and let's say maybe you are not in a relationship or have, uh, you know, a boyfriend or girlfriend, but if maybe one of your friends does. So you can start the conversation about that. Well, tell me, what do you think about, you know, Sally and, and her boyfriend and, and, you know, and, and kind of because it's a safe topic, it's not about your child, it's about your child's friend, and you kind of get an idea of where that peer group is at. Okay, let's pretend. Okay. I'm, I'm your kid. What do I think of Sally? I don't know. Well, if you did know, what would you think? I don't know. I don't really want to talk about Sally right now. Okay, well, when you're ready to talk about Sally, you know I'm here. And if you have any questions about Sally, or if Sally has any questions, you know that I'm always here to, to listen and to, to answer any questions. Okay, let's say I say, I don't know, I think Sally's pretty hot. <laughs> Sally is a very attractive person, absolutely. So we're pretending you're the... Right, exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Role-playing, like how would it go? So let's say the child gives you a little bit and says, yeah, you know, I think they're a cute couple or I don't, you know, something like that. They are, they are a cute couple and, you know, it's, it's very nice that they found, you know, someone that they can get along with and, and how, you know, what are some things that they like doing together or, um, you know, what do they do on the weekends or, you know, just kind of gauging where that couple is at. So that basically you're telling your child, basically we can talk about stuff. Absolutely. You can come to me. Okay. Um, you know, I found that it's so much easier when they are little Mm -hmm. to keep it more clinical. So how, you know, the sex talk, what I hear you saying, what I've heard so many other people say, should not be the talk. Okay, you're 15, sure. sit down, or I want to tell you about how sure. babies are made. It should be continuous. So it's easier, it seems like, when they're younger, and when then they're older, like 16 or, you know, 15, what should that talk be like? What is it that we want to? Well, I think the main message is to talk about safety and to have what a healthy relationship looks like. But again, you've already like your child at that point, if you do have that openness with them, they should know what a healthy, open relationship, respectful relationship looks like. But again, two 15 year olds aren't going to be the same in their emotional, sexual, intimate path. 
But I think it's important to just, you know, like I said, if the, your child's not coming to us, use their friends almost as a catalyst to see where, what is, what are your friends doing? What are, you know, and it's important to know who their friends are so you can know, you know, how to broach the subject. Let's say you, some of our listeners haven't had really much of a talk. Okay. Okay. Cause I, I think that's fair. You know, maybe a little talk when they're younger and then, you know, it's so easy to avoid it and they want to talk to their teenager mm-hmm. about sex and it is sort of like the first time. So sure. how would that come? What, what exactly should we say? What should they be saying? And if the child or teenager has never said anything yes. to them. Yeah, you're starting basically. What if you just, I would say just go about it in a as open-ended question as possible and just say, do you have any questions about sex and any curiosity or what, what do you think? No. Well, then, I mean, you can't, right. you can't force them to speak. You know, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make it drink. Um, but, you know, even if it's, if it's not with their peer group, it's if it's a movie or, uh, you know, an actor or actress that is getting a lot of publicity, you know, what are your thoughts about that? What do you think about this couple that just, I don't know, had a baby or is in a new relationship or there's infidelity? I mean, kind of just asking those open-ended questions. So if you, you want to ask the questions, but what message do you want to instill? I guess I'm asking you to be the parent, you know, like <laughs> what, like when is it okay to have sex? If you're in a healthy, trusting, well-respected relationship at 18, then that's that's your age. If it doesn't happen until you're 24, 26, and I think there's a component of you know of of religious moral values, and and I think for every person, it's it's going to be very different. There's no right or wrong answer to that. What are you going to tell your kids? Um. Don't have sex. Don't have sex. Don't have right? sex. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't say that. I would just, my biggest thing is, is, is never feel pressured. Um, make sure you're in a very respectful relationship. Um, you never, and, and, and really the biggest thing is it's consensual. You're equally as, as comfortable with it as is the person you're going to be intimate with is. Do you see in your practice that that's not the case many times? I do. There are times when there it has not been consensual and it's been um, pressured or mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Whether it's substances or alcohol involved, absolutely, I see that a lot. I see that a lot. Here's how I bring up my sex talks to my kids. I come home and I'll say, you know what I heard on the news? Mm-hmm. I use it as a um, catalyst to start a conversation, sure. even though there really isn't a conversation. It's basically mm-hmm. me lecturing. Yeah. And I said, oh my God, I heard this terrible thing. The girls sometimes are now poking condoms um, uh, with needles <clears throat> so they can mm-hmm. impregnate themselves and trap a guy. Mm-hmm. I've, and I've said, I'm sure, you know, you probably won't ever encounter that, but what do you think about that? Isn't that crazy? Absolutely. So do you think that's an Absolutely. okay way to- What are your thoughts about that? Have you heard about this? Did you hear it on the news or any of your friends doing it? Is there any rumors that, that that's happening in your school? Absolutely. Bringing, and, and I think that's a safe way because you're not addressing your actual child. You're saying, listen to what I heard on the news or listen to what I heard so-and-so's daughter was doing or, you know, what are your thoughts? Right. And, and you really can gauge where they're at. And, and, and the point is to engage, engage where they're at, but also mm-hmm. send a message. Absolutely. And that gives you an opportunity to say, you know, you hear where your child is at and then you can kind of then plug in your, um, your morals and values, your family's morals and values. 
Yeah, I said, oh my God, you know, if you're ever, you know, if you're ever in that situation, that's why you always want to carry your own supply of <laughs> whatever it is you're carrying. Okay. Um, do we share our own personal experiences do as we- parents to kids when we're having the sex talk? <gasps> you know, yeah. when I met your father, I mean, that's not something you really want to get Well, into, you know, right? you want to be open and honest with your child, but sometimes with that, I think less is more is sometimes a more effective way to go about it. Some parents have a lot of guilt with their past. Mm-hmm. Can they? Can their experience actually <laughs> help them in relating to their child? Well, I think it can help and it can also hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, it can help because the lessons that they've learned, they can obviously instill at a young age to their child. Um, whether, you know, if they suffered from low self-esteem or they were involved in substances or the wrong peer group, you know, that's something that that stays with them. So they can instill at a very, at a child's a very young age about having you know, trying to instill that high self-esteem and self-worth and um, making healthy choices with friends and picking good peer groups. Um, but I think it can hurt because there could be a lot of projecting onto your child. Give me an example. Um, you know, your insecurities or your fears can be put on the child about, about, about sex and relationships and what a healthy relationship looks like. How can parents avoid doing that? I think they need to recognize that that's how they're feeling first. Mm-hmm. So they need to be in tune with their own emotions and their own experiences. And not put them on their kid. Absolutely. Um, you said the number one thing parents don't realize is that their kids are sexually active in general. Uh, are you finding that kids are having sex at a younger age? I think children now and adolescents now seem to be a little more advanced than they were a few decades ago. What age do you think in general are they starting to have sex? I've seen it as young as in middle school. (laughs) (laughs) But remember, Lynn, you have to, you know, there's everything is so out there with social media Mm. and, you know, a click of a button and, you know, it's, it's, I think where they're at is it's a few years ahead of when we were, when we were kids, just because the accessibility and just everything. I think the accessibility to porn, um, social media, TV shows, so if a parent finds out, much to their dismay, that their kid's already sexually active, mm-hmm. now what? Do they say, no more girlfriends, or do they just accept this? They, you know, give them a box of condoms, good luck, or lock the door? What is your advice? I definitely wouldn't say no more sex, lock the door, throw away the condoms. Um, I think that would really push the child to go in the complete opposite way. And I think with this topic, you never want to be too extreme. You want to have some kind of like healthy, healthy middle ground balance. Um, I think if they are sexually active, I think one thing a parent should do, and this is just for safety and healthy and medical reasons is to go to the doctor. Um, if it's a, if it's a girl and, you know, to kind of explore options, you know, whether it's on birth control or just having a talk with a physician, I think that's, that's important. Um, but you don't, that's, that's great idea. Those are Fantastic ideas, but you don't want, do you want to, um, well, my kid's already having sex, sort of throw up your hands and like, you know, the guy comes over depending on the age, of course, Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, is the bedroom door open? Is it closed? Well, I think that depends on the parent, but you still want to, you still want to set the healthy boundaries and there still are, as a parent, you still have and should enforce expectations and rules for your child. So if you feel comfortable with the door open and that's what you want, then your child has to respect. I mean, that's just, you have to respect that. Right. 
And that's okay, I think, to to set that boundary. While your daughter's on birth control. Or your son has condoms. It's your it's your your personal boundary as a parent. I think so, yeah. What are the top three things a parent can do to help their child not to have too many sexual hang ups, to help them have healthy sexual relationships, you know, well with themselves and with everybody else when it comes mm-hmm. to time for that? Top three things. Well, I think the first thing is for the parent themselves to be a role model. <laughs> because even when you don't think your child is looking at you, the child's observing everything you do in your interactions with people. Um, I think to keep that open communication, that honesty, that approachable, askable parenting style. I mean, the third thing would be really to have that non judgmental approach. So your child knows that regardless what you, you know, what, what they say to you, what they disclose to you, that you're going to, you're going to take it, you're going to process it, but you're not going to judge them on it. So you say be a good role model. What does that Mm -hmm. mean? Don't be a slut. Like, you know, what do you mean? Don't dress provocatively. Don't be having, I mean, what if you're married or dating or what do you mean by role model? I think a role model, just the way you, you present yourself to the world, the way you talk to people, your mannerisms with people, um, your own personal, you know, respecting yourself, um, your own personal boundaries or advocating for yourself. If something doesn't seem right for you to use your voice and show your child that it's okay to, to stand up for yourself and advocate for yourself. That's good. And open communication, be honest, but don't tell them every little bloody detail about your own past. Again, I think Less is more with that. Okay. Less is more. And non-judgmental approach. Like I found that definitely to be my poor mom. I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast, but it's so true. <laughs> One of the reasons why I never talked to her about sex or girlfriends or whatever is because she was super judgmental. Like if I told sure. her, you know, Sally and Juan are doing it, she'd sure. be like, oh my God. Sure. Super judgy and I don't want to talk sure. to her again. Sure. So is that what you're talking about? Yes. And I think it's important for parents not to react out of emotions or out of yes. shock. Right. Stay steady waters. Yes. Okay. So, and if you do want to react, do it <laughs> without your child's. Yeah. Call your girlfriend. That's exactly. I mean, there have been, I've had quite a few clients where I've had, you know, I've been working with the adolescent and they disclosed that they were having sex and they wanted to tell the parent with me present in the room. So that's, that's happened quite a few times because they're scared, but they're they want to, they want to tell, they want to be in a safe, neutral <laughs> environment. How does that go over with mom and dad? Um, you'd actually be surprised. A lot of times mom and dad already have speculations and it's almost like they're just confirmed that this is true. And then it's like, all oh, right, let's take action. Let's get, let's explore the options. Let's talk about being safe. Let's talk about being respectful. Let's talk about having a consensual relationship. And it actually opens up a lot of, a lot of doors. You know, that's such a broad thing. Be safe. What does that mean? That's a very good question because it is very broad. And I think there's probably many things that fall under the umbrella of being safe. So being safe, obviously using protection, um, you know, being in a, in a, in a clean space when you're, when you're having, use when you're protection, being use intimate. a condom, use a condom. If you're on birth control, still use the condom because you can still get STIs when you're on birth control. Um, be safe, you know, just like hygienically, like being clean, being intimate in a clean area. And what about oral sex too? Like use a condom for oral sex? 
Yes. I mean, that's what I hear. I'm, I am not a sex doctor, but I'm just saying that's what I, I mean, isn't that like the ultimate, I mean, is that reasonable to, to tell your child to use a condom during oral sex? Yes. Why is your face cringing? Should I have not have said that? <laughs> I mean, um, I think, I think you want to, I think you want to, with the child, the, the message you want to really like pound in is, is being, is being safe. And yes, having protection when you're having oral sex. Exactly. Okay. So in conclusion, your best mm-hmm. advice to parents on how to talk to your kids, because somebody may be running or jogging. And I just want to go over this again from my head. Be a great role model. Number mm-hmm. one, have open communication, speak honestly, but don't have to give too many t- details. Less is sure. more. Uh, don't be judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, and some extras set boundaries early Absolutely. with your body. Mm-hmm. Um, hear where they're coming from. Even mm-hmm. if they say yes, no answers, still keep that conversation going. Inject your own values mm-hmm. um, and never be too extreme. Yep. And God save the queen. Help us all. <laughs> I'm just, I feel like if we can get through these years, if we can get them to their 20 and they're safe, sure. we're okay. That's right. Coming up, we've got part two of this fantastic podcast on how to talk to your kids about drugs with Rachel Lapidus coming up next week. You can find Rachel Lapidus at allmiamitherapy.com. Now, if you're in the car, you're walking or running, it's okay. But if you have a pen, you can also reach her at her office, 305-532-2300. Last but certainly not least, please, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. Tell me how I'm doing. The links are in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast. And your shares, your subscribes and reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and help us reach more people. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.